Welcome to episode 80 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Hey, welcome back to another episode. And for the first time in 80 episodes, we do not have an interview to go to today. (laughs) So uh, lots of things happened with the holidays and some cancellations. And so, but we still wanted to get something out and make sure that you still had an update and new information on telepractice. So it is me and Todd today giving you some information. That's the two of us. Yep. <laughs> to be a song. <laughs> no, yeah, I think uh, I think it uh, with Thanksgiving and everything happening and people traveling and we had someone lined up for this week. Uh, uh, and it would have gone out uh, on mon- the Monday after Thanksgiving. But uh, as we record this, it just didn't happen. That, that person yeah. had to cancel and reschedule. So we tried, but here we go. We just did. The and, in the, and in the process, we have all of December planned <laughs> while right. we were trying to get it. So we have some great ones coming up, and we're looking forward to that. So we'll just go into my um, tip of the week. I uh, have mentioned a a couple times in the podcast before that my husband uh, is a teacher also, and he teaches um, in the career and technical education is what the realm that he teaches and the subject that he teaches. And he's bounced around between a couple different subjects within that. But when I was talking about, you know, finding materials and doing telepractice, he introduced me to this idea and it's the SAMR, S-A-M-R model. Have you heard of this before, Todd? Oh, education. So. <laughs> okay. So it's talking about um, enhancing technology integration uh, within teaching and using technology for teaching. And I thought it applied really well to kind of thinking about um, going beyond just what, how do I make telepractice work for me? And how do I do the same things that I've been doing in person on telepractice? And going beyond that and thinking, what can I do in telepractice that I couldn't do when I was in person? So the... Um, Levels are so the first level is substitute. It's a SAMR is an acronym. So the first level is substitution, and it's just using technology as a direct tool substitute with no functional change. So this would be like when you take all of those books that you were using in person and you scan them in and use them online. There's nothing wrong with it. It's totally fine. You can do it. But um, then then there's you can move up a level two. So the next one is augmentation. So technology acts as a direct tool substitute with a functional improvement. So you, maybe you add something like a, you know, you have the game board that you scanned in, but you use an online spinner or something like that. So you're kind of moving up a level on what you can do online. And then they have a modification is the next level so that technology allows for um, significant task redesign. Uh, So this could be something like your, um, you know, going online and searching things instead of just uh, 
using the things that you already have. So you, you, you take your students online with you to look for things. And then they have um, redefinition. Technology allows for the creation of a new task previously inconceivable. So it's maybe like you are using the technology to have your kids create a podcast or you're creating something new that you wouldn't have done before. They're making YouTube videos. So I thought this was a really neat idea and something that we could think about as it applies to how we're doing um, telepractice. And I did do an activity with my students last week that I realized kind of, I went through a lot of the levels of this with it. So I was trying to think of something, you know, I had one day that I had to work before Thanksgiving break and I had kind of combined a bunch of my social language groups. So most of my students could get at least one session in for the week of Thanksgiving. So I had like groups of five or six that I was going to see on telepractice and was trying to think, okay, they're all going to be burnt out. I just want to do something fun, but I need to practice these language um, language and social language skills that we've been working on. So I went on a Facebook group and asked um, a couple of people if they had any ideas. And one idea that came up was the game, What Do You Meme? Have you seen that before? Uh, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar, but... Do, do so, explain. Yeah, yeah. So the concept is it's a game and I would caution anyone if they're using it with students <laughs> to either get the family version or look <laughs> through the version to edit mm -hmm. it out, which I did. So, um, but it's a game where there's a set of pictures and then there's a set of um kind of captions for the pictures. So, and you have to, the game is to put them together. So um, I was trying to figure out how I would do that. It sounded great. sounded like it would work on a lot of the social skills we've been working on that I could incorporate, you know, some captions that had to do with the um, social rules that we've been doing. So it sounded great, but I was trying to figure out how to make it work online because I didn't want them just shouting out answers. That sounded like I wouldn't have enough control if I just put up a picture and had them shout out the answers because usually they would have the cards in front of them. So I thought, well, maybe I can make a have them choose between a couple of the answers. And I was like, well, I could like scan them in and have the cards up there and that would work. And then they could just do a multiple choice between them. But then I figured out um, how to use the poll option in Zoom. So I, uh, took some of the cards that came with the game and typed them out in the poll option on Zoom. And then I also added like some of my social skills we've been doing. So I had one that was like, um, let's see, when someone is making too much eye contact and they're staring at you and making you feel uncomfortable. And that was like the caption that went under a picture. Um, so then when we played the game, I would have my students... Uh, I'd show them a picture. I'd just pick a random one and I would hold it up and show it. And then they would use the poll to pick one answer. And then after they picked an answer, I would be like, oh yeah, this is the one that won. So this is our meme for this picture. And then I also had them pick, okay, which one of the four options that we just talked about has to do with one of the social rules we've learned. And so they'd hold up a finger, hold up a number of which one it was. And I'd and then we talk about that rule. And then I'm 
put another level on it and I told him, okay, well, let's create our own meme for how it would feel if someone broke that social rule with us. So I told him, okay, three, two, one. And then I took a screenshot of our faces (laughs) in the group. So that's, and that's something that I wouldn't have been able to do if we weren't using technology. So it was a fun thing that we did and I have it already now. I, um, got ready for about 20 different questions in case I needed it. And we only used four. (laughs) So (laughs) I have it ready now. The next time that we have, you know, like a day before a break or just feel like we need a review of the rules that we've learned and it worked out great. But I just thought about how like, um, I could have stayed at that level of just, I'm going to hold these pictures up to the screen. But when I figured out, oh, how can I use this technology to do something that I couldn't have done if I was in person, like having a poll where we could talk about like the majority of the people voted this one, but one person voted this answer and just the different levels that that brought to it that I couldn't have done in person. Sounds like we had a really great activity that yeah. you ended up with. Uh, but I, I like the, I like this model that you uh, talked about this the SAMR because uh, it's almost like uh, stuff I've read on like implementation science that kind of goes off into some really deep stuff. But it talks about how how do you implement things? How do you implement a telepractice program in a sense? Mm-hmm. And and talking you know, what are the stages you go through? And I could see these very same. Um, concepts, you know, for example, training grad students and say, okay, we're going to start off with the first level. And this is, you know, take an activity you've done uh, in person. And now just at this first level, what would you do in terms of telepractice? And then second level and work them through that process as a way to to train them. So I, I see lots of different applications for that. That's really cool. Yeah. Really yep, cool. It's nice when our, when our, when me and my husband's fields kind of collide and he can do things and help me with stuff that I'm doing online too. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. And you ended up with a really great activity that you can come back to. Yep. Um, I have just a couple of things that I, that I ran across. Uh, I happened to get a newsletter from the Ohio speech language, excuse me, the Ohio speech and hearing professionals board. Um, and basically, Ohio has now joined the interstate compact that we've talked about before. And just in case you haven't heard of this before, if we have new listeners, it's the audiology and speech language pathology interstate compact. And so it is now moving forward. We now have 15 states that have joined the compact. And so very quickly, those are Alabama, Colorado, Georgia, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, Utah, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Still no Idaho for you, though. (laughs) Or California. I need both of those. (laughs) Yeah, you need both of those. So, <clears throat> this is all, this is very exciting because I think they're in sort of negotiating with some of the other states that are not a part of the compact to get them on this year. But uh, from what I understand, the commission, uh, basically each state 
uh, is sending two delegates to the commission to be on the commission. And so they talked about Ohio and who those delegates are. It's one speech language pathologist and one audiologist, and they're both going to be on the commission. And so the commission is scheduled to meet uh, January 12th and 13th, 2022. So coming up uh, in January, and they will start the process of what this means in a sense of if we're licensed in one state and then we maybe register through the compact and then we're able to practice in the other states or what exactly what are the steps we'll have to go through to be able to to have access to other states uh, who are members of the compact. So we're up to 15 states, which is great. And I I hope those, if you are listening and you live in a state that's not a part of the uh, compact, talk to your state uh, association uh, and maybe even your state board and see where they are. Uh, It has to be through your state legislature. And I know some legislatures only meet every two years versus every year and weird things like that in some states. Mm-hmm. Um, but see if we can't uh, do some advocacy around getting membership in the compact. Uh, so that is moving forward. And what I was uh, in a very similar way, I was very interested because in a separate uh, bit of information that I found Uh, from the Center for Connected Health Policy, which is another great website. They they actually um, put up uh, an infograph uh, on uh, the state of telehealth laws and reimbursement policies. But at the end of this little infograph, (coughs) infographic, uh, they talk about licensure. Now, this is more broadly telehealth and telemedicine. But it was interesting that uh, there is uh, 33 states and Guam and the District of Columbia already are involved in an interstate medical license compact. There's another 37 states that are part of a nursing licensure compact. Mm -hmm. 33 states apparently are involved in a physical therapy compact. Um, there is another one for psycho- psychology, uh, one for occupational therapy that has nine states. And then, of course, uh, speech pathology and audiology, we now have 15. So it was interesting. You know, this is not a new model. Other associations and other disciplines have been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just sort of now getting involved as speech language pathologists, not audiologists. Uh, and so on this uh, infographic, it was also very interesting in terms of uh, what they were saying in terms of where they see some of the new infrastructure funding as it will be used, and even uh, some of the Build Back Better once that is passed, that uh, we're probably going to see even more um Things happen in terms of um, funding, for example, to train more teachers and to train more SLPs and and to work kids working with disabilities and telepractice and telehealth is a part of a lot of that. Um, so it was, it was very interesting in terms of what we're seeing 
And I think we're at this, you know, very exciting part of, or point, I should say, uh, with all of the stuff happening at the federal level, things happening at the state level, that um, next, uh, you know, three to five years is going to be really exciting to see where we end up with all these uh, different licensing structures and and mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully better um, uh, internet um, broadband capabilities and five. Uh, you know, 5G and 6G and all this other stuff that's happening. So, and I'm, Skynet. My husband's Sky, talking about Skynet. Skynet. Yes, they're going to come <laughs> and get us. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, if they come back looking for John Connor, was that his name, John Connor? Yeah. Well, Skynet's the. It's the. Um, oh. Terminator? I just forgot his name. No, no, it's the it's the actual name of the internet that Elon Musk is creating. The like oh, the, the like worldwide internet that's service right. that, that he's is creating it is Skynet. Is Skynet. <laughs> so I wonder if he's was ripping off the Terminator movies. <laughs> that that's Skynet was the evil thing that yeah generated that's a bad the... association. <laughs> he should have thought of a better one. <laughs> so maybe Elon Musk knows a little bit more about what the future holds in the region. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that um it was interesting where you're talking about with some of the things that are changing cuz I did read uh Asha had an article that was the evolution of telehealth technology evaluations and teletherapy and therapy um and it effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. And so they had this article that they put out um, just recently. It was November 11th of this year. And they talked about that there were a lot of barriers for a lot of people to do telepractice and that some of them were removed with the pandemic that we had a lot of emergency um, rollbacks of laws and things like that. But that now we still have some of the same barriers and it is the, you know, consistent interconnection for everybody and the um, laws and regulations around it. And then the other thing they listed were um, SLP's attitudes towards it is another (laughs) barrier. So we're out here trying to fix that one. (laughs) Right. Let people know it's, it's okay to do. And even if it didn't go well during the pandemic to come back and try again and think of it in a different way and not as an emergency. And um, then I think, you know, we are seeing some of those uh, regulations kind of get fixed. And I'm really excited about the internet one because that is like, they talked about too, that's the most when people felt the most frustration while doing telepractice was when the technology fails you, not when your own skills fail you, but when the technology and the internet connections and things like that fail you, that's when you feel the frustration in there. So I hope that, you know, all of the infrastructure can fix that part and then that eliminates another barrier for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think, um, we'll see, you know, improvement in that, you know, getting broadband to more communities. Uh, and I think, I think we'll, we'll see sort of the pendulum swing back in terms of the attitudes about telepractice. You know, you know, you and I've talked about this before where, you know, our fear was 
because of COVID, people were forced to do it mm-hmm. without training. And so, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there's probably some negative feelings because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, just, but, I, you know, hopefully as we go forward, people can separate having to be forced to do it to now uh, after having some experience with it, you know, gaining confidence with it and maybe getting more training since the beginning of COVID. Uh, that they're feeling more and more comfortable with it. I understand there'll be some people who just never want to touch a computer again. Uh, I get that. And, and, and there's, you know, there's, you know, some data to show that people are in general kind of being burned out on all the different zoom meetings and, you know, the, you know, all of that that's happening and just trying to just, you know, having to be online for work and different, you know, and so I understand there's a, a level of burnout with with people, but I think uh, I think what we are also seeing on the positive side is that people basically had to try telehealth or telepractice when they probably would have never tried it. Right, and I, they I are just, sticking with it. Yeah, that makes me think of an example because um, I just saw that Amy, our friend of the program, Amy Graham presented mm-hmm. at ASHA talking about doing um, sound uh, articulation therapy and, you know, detecting sounds over uh, telepractice. And she presented at ASHA. And I know from following her that she didn't do any telepractice prior to the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's just a great example of how she hadn't done it before. Now she's presenting at ASHA and how we can, you know, can jump in with two feet and then also can not be afraid and think that we don't know enough to share the knowledge that we've learned with other people too. Cause it's a new field for everyone and there's not a lot of, you know, seniority in it. It's new for all of us. So if you feel like, you know, you have something to share, you have ideas to share, jump in and do it. Don't, don't be afraid. Come, come on here and tell us your ideas of what you've exactly. been doing. <laughs> That's why we're here to hear those ideas and share yep. them, right? Yeah. So that we all improve in what we're doing. So speaking of uh, previous people on the show, you know, we uh, have been running this contest uh, with uh, Presence Learning. And as you know, uh, going back, uh, we we had Kristen on, Chris, uh, Kristen Martinez, and Kristen, uh, Kristen had uh, mentioned giving us a free subscription to, to give away uh, yeah. to the new Therapy Essentials platform with Presence Learning. And I can say that we had really great response. People were going to the 3C website and on our uh, Telepractice Today Facebook page as well. And we had lots of entries and we randomly chose the winner. And that winner is, drum roll, (laughs) Jane Fenton. How about that? Someone who's been on the show before. So uh, a a listener and someone we'd know. It was a random selection. So with that, we'll be in touch with Jane to let her know that she is the winner of the one-year subscription, and we'll let uh, Presence Learning know as well. And we can also tell people 
to stay tuned that in another week or so, we'll be launching a new contest where we'll be giving away two subscriptions to a different platform. Uh, that's also very good. And, and so if you didn't win this time, just stay tuned. We will have more platforms, uh, more subscriptions to platforms that we'll be giving away. Yep. Yep. So our first giveaway is in the books and we're excited to be able to do more. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll have something up on our website soon on the 3C Digital Media Network uh, website and on the podcast, the Telepractice Today podcast page. And you can uh, see those giveaways uh, probably in another week or so. We'll have a link up and you'll just can go in and fill out the form and register for that contest. And we will draw another winner before we before Christmas, I think, and give away two additional subscriptions to a different platform. So more information to follow. Great. And so this is actually number 80. This is the 80th episode of telepractice today and uh and we're we're gonna be at a you know 100 episodes pretty soon pretty soon so yeah it's uh it's exciting yep so i can't believe it's been 80 so it's it's been a great ride so far and so any big plans for the week for you nope just more <laughs> students and telepractice and hoping that my schedule works out because that's the one thing about working with high school students the minute that you get your schedule figured out they get a new term and you have to redo your entire schedule yeah <laughs> so yeah. i have that coming up this week and that should be fun <laughs> well this week is our last week of classes at the university university of akron and uh, and then it's finals week after that. So wow, that came quick. It is, it, yeah, came very quick. So <clears throat> with that, have a great week, Kim. And you too. I will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, Kim, and I hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday, and congratulations to Jane Fenton again for winning the Presence Learning Therapy Essentials Platform subscription. She'll have a subscription for the next year, so that's exciting. We will be having another giveaway coming up with a different platform, and so we'll be talking about that uh, next time. And until next time, if you don't mind, leave, leave us a five-star review that always helps us attract new subscribers and new listeners and to reach more people, which is what we want to do with this podcast. And with that, thank you again for listening. Be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network. <laughs>